Hey guys, hope you're doing well. I am so excited to be getting into this n- latest episode of the podcast. This week we are going to be talking about the U- University of North Carolina, my beloved Tar Heels, and the academic scandal. Cannot wait. I've, there's been a lot of misinformation and I'm just ready to drop some knowledge this week. Please bring on the beat music so we can go ahead and get to it. And welcome back, welcome back to the Mind of Mike J Podcast. Again, this week we are talking about the UNC academic scandal. Cannot wait to get into it, honestly, because I really wanted to talk about this subject. I like doing jokes, I like making jokes, I like having, you know, the fun conversations. But I also like getting some stats and analytics and really going after stuff that I see in the news. And... This one I mentioned a few weeks ago if I that I wanted to kind of I kind of hinted that I wanted to do a podcast on it and really get into what I think of the academic scandal, what's true that you're seeing, what I think isn't true and really do a a, a full-on breakdown. And in order to do that, I figured I was going to need a little bit of help. So, without further ado, I'm going to bring on probably the only other person that I know that's a bigger authority on anything UNC than me, my good friend, Mr. Ben Johnston. Glad to have you on, sir. Mike J., it's a pleasure to be here, man. I'm excited. I'm very excited to have you on. Appreciate your time. I just want to go ahead and get right to it then. Uh, First question, UNC recently, probably within the last week or so, has released their now third response to the notice of allegations. Uh, Actually, before I do that, for for those people that might be listening that aren't 100% familiar with the situation, I'm just going to do a real quick breakdown. Uh, so, University of North Carolina is under investigation by the NCAA for possible academic fraud spanning, dealing mainly with the African American Studies Department and whether or not they basically had fake classes that allowed their athletes to stay eligible. Uh, NCAA has found this has gone back as far as 1990 when this might have started, and the timeline of this investigation has spanned a pretty ridiculous amount of time, in my opinion, but we got the whole thing, the whole investigation kind of kicked off around 2010-2011, and didn't start really start getting investigated until 2012 when the NCAA found no violations. And again, in 2013, no violations were found. Come bring on 2014, all of a sudden the New York Times posts a story about UNC possibly getting away with murder, in other words, in in their eyes. And then next thing we know, 2014, UNC has to bring in Kenneth Weinstein from the U.S. Justice Department to investigate And next thing we know, we got a notice of allegations from the NCAA. First, the first of those being in 2015, which we are now on our third notice of of allegations, which is pretty rare for the NCAA to do. So here we are, 2017. UNC has just responded to the third NOA. Uh, So Ben, give me your thoughts on on that. What was what was your thoughts on the latest response from UNC? So, read it, reading the entire 
you know, response itself. It's 102 pages. And it was, I thought it was very well written. It was very layered. And what I mean by that is, you know, in the, for instance, allegation um, number two in itself um, reads, essentially, I'll just summarize it real quick, um, that the university admits some things that uh, Boxel did would equal an impermissible benefit, um, but others don't. And those that did um, essentially equal an impermissible benefit mm-hmm. also occurred prior to the statute of limitations being up. So essentially they're saying, hey, this might have been an issue, but you can't charge us with it now because it happened too long ago. Correct. So it was very layered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they admitted that it looked bad. You know, black eye for the university. Okay, this wasn't the best thing that we could have done with our classes, but it's not against your rules, so you really can't do anything to us. Right. And I was also I was also happy to see that the media narrative was also brought into this one. It hasn't been in the prior two, um, and I really feel like it's it's guided the public knowledge and it's guided this anti UNC sentiment, which has really hurt the university in itself. Right. Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean. Uh, like a, that was one reason why I wanted to go over the timeline real quick to kind of set the tone is because 2012 and 2013 around that time it was pretty much done for. NCAA said well, we aren't we're not going to worry about it. We don't see anything wrong happening. And then it didn't seem until 2014 when the media started really picking up steam and putting out national stories that the NCAA felt the need to investigate. Exactly. You know, the NCA picked up and left town. You know, they were out. And then the Board of Governors or whoever it was, the State Department, uh, wanted to give Weinstein in there and force it on UNC. And it reopened the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And at his and I mean, bits and pieces of his report. I mean, his his report was over 100 pages. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of info, but. From what I've seen, you know, we're, we've been picking and choosing what parts of the report we want to use, and it just it just seems like the NCAA is has received a lot of pressure from the media to like turn this to turn this into something and make it look like they're they're uh, they're sticking it to people. I guess you can say. Exactly. I'm glad you said that that they were picking bits and pieces of it because you're absolutely right. But stepping back and looking at the bigger picture of using the one scene report in itself is not allowed in the NCA bylaws mm-hmm. because nobody, nobody from the NCA was present during Weinstein's interviews with staff players, whoever, and nobody from the university was there and it wasn't recorded. All of which are in the NCA bylaws. So now, like you said, they want to turn around in this last notice of allegations that they can use this, but it says in your bylaws that you can't. Exactly. So they're they're ignoring their own rules in order to kind of push this further. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I mean the the whole thing just kind of stinks. And I was actually I was actually very glad to see UNC call it out and basically point out, look, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on here. Um, the other thing I noticed was they brought in a, like almost identical uh, coursework at Auburn and at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Absolutely. And so I, 
I'm not sure how those institutions are going to feel about being brought into this, but I'm, I'm so glad that they did. Um, there are 28 schools that have classes that are 100% student-athlete. Those classes are also essentially run and graded by athletic department staff, and they give credit for eligibility towards uh, NCAA eligibility as well as graduation. Mm-hmm. So the sort of quote-unquote fake classes that were going on in Carolina, Mm -hmm. you know, they weren't specified for athletes. Everybody wanted to take the number 49% that was in the, uh, when we got the notice of allegations, that it was half athletes. That's not true. Mm -hmm. There were, it was a shade, it was like 29.7, 29 29.8% athlete Mm -hmm. in these classes. There were, nobody was steered to these classes, anything like that. But yet, the NCA wants to investigate Auburn and Michigan for these fake classes, but they, they check them out. They're all athletes. Check them out. Say, now you're good. It's not a violation. Right. Yeah. Because of the predetermined punishment that the NCAA, or predetermined, I guess, outcome that the NCA wants against North Carolina, partly due to public pressure is that we're guilty and they're going to hammer us. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing, that, um, I mean, I just think it's odd because a lot of these other, and Auburn and Michigan aren't the only ones that offer classes where you basically do nothing for academic credit. I thank God every day for the Walter Byers Twitter account. <laughs> He's fantastic. I'm not I, sure who he is. I have no but, idea. Uh, nobody that I've talked to, like, knows who this guy is, but... He's either very close to the UNC side of things, or he is very close to the NCAA side of things. He's one of the one of the two. I mean, the guy's just constantly cranking out information. I think any anybody that's a UNC fan that's interested in this should follow the Walter Byers account for sure because the, he, it was because of him that I found the um, that I found the other courses because he brought up Stanford. Um, let's see, LSU. Auburn. NC State was in there. All these big schools. Exactly, where they'll literally have a class that'll say varsity sports. Yeah. And it's and it's literally it's taught by they're taught by um they're taught by <laughs> members of the athletic department. Mm-hmm. And it'll be one guy listed as the instructor for like 16 classes going on in one semester. There's no way one guy is legitimately teaching that many courses. Oh, there's no chance. Well, and the best part is, you know, I mentioned earlier, 28 schools have these classes. 17 of them are in the Power Five. That's over half. Right, right. And that's that's what I'm saying. And yet nobody, they're not being investigated, but UNC is being investigated for... For a class that required that didn't necessarily meet all the time, but you still had to, from what I've seen, from what Deborah Crowder was talking about in her interview a couple months ago, you had to write a 20, 25 page paper, work cited scholarly sources. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, that's and, more and work a, than a lot and of the only it. other, the only other criteria was you had to have a signed honesty declaration with it saying right. that, you know, you actually did this research, you did this, you did that. I can't tell you. I mean, that's why I think, you know, we were speaking earlier about, you know, the ethical uh, nature of these paper classes. It really depends on what it's for. The class at North Carolina, it basically just teaches you how to do a research paper. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, the content, you know, it's part of it, but it's not the major thing, the things that are on the grading scale. So it just teaches you where to get the resources, where to, you know, what uh, annotated bibliography needs to look like. That's what it's teaching you. So those classes are very beneficial. Right, exactly. I didn't, I didn't see a problem with it. Here's the other thing I wanted to bring up. Would anybody have an issue with this if it was 100%? If there were no athletes involved, would anybody even care? No, they'd never even hear about it. It would, I, be, it would I, be every student's favorite class. It would be full every semester, and nobody would ever hear about it. No, not at all. I mean, now granted, it wasn't set up to be this way, but... I mean, heck, you think back to when you think back to when we were in school at Western. Like we all, if we weren't, if you weren't in a class that you basically did nothing, and you knew somebody that was. Oh, absolutely! They're all over the place. Yeah, I mean, we had a disc golf class at Western. I took a class that met four times, and my grade ultimately ended up being being i got a c on the final we had to write a paper and i got a c on it and that ended up being my grade for the class why didn't you tell me about this class it was well it was a comm class i don't even think you could have you would have been able to enroll oh yeah probably not it was my comm theory class but yeah we literally met four times i think you can count on one hand the times we met the entire semester but even if it was say that's how the class was struck was structured i doubt anybody would give two cents no, not at all, because it's not seen as an extra benefit. I mean, an extra benefit, you know, on a recruiting visit, you know, if I'm a coach or I'm a player, hey, I can give you a bagel, but if I give you cream cheese to put on that bagel, mm-hmm. that's an NCAA violation. Right, exactly. It's it's the extra added benefit outside of what the scholarship allows, which goes back to what you were saying before. 30% of the – less than 30% technically of these classes were, it were, were athletes, less than 30% of the enrollment. Right, exactly. And they weren't steered there. I mean, you know, I believe, and you can check me on this and I'll get back to you on it, but I believe I read that the, um, if the student needed or did not need the grade from this class to graduate or mm -hmm. be eligible, it was removed from the transcript. Gotcha. I'd have to fact check that. Yeah. I'll see if I can find that and I'll send it over to you. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. But overall, I mean, it's it sounds like we're dealing with an academic issue and not a athletic issue, which is essentially what UNC's that's the theme of their of their third response is this is not a this is not an athletic issue. Therefore, the NCAA needs to just step away from this whole thing. Absolutely. I mean, it goes back further. That's been their response to literally all of these. Like, hey, yes, some of it looks bad. You know, it looks bad. But it's not against your rules. So, you know, we'll take the black eye on it, but you can't hit us on it because it's an academic issue. You are the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Right, exactly. And and that's and that's ultimately I think it's a very good stance to take. Um, but moving but moving forward, what role has what roles have guys like Greg Sankey, Mary Willingham? Rashad McCants, all the people that have kind of perpetuated this and kind of kept this thing going. Like, what role do you see that they've played in this? Well, uh, Mary Willingham, she's the one that started this whole thing. She's the quote-unquote whistleblower. I don't know if she's just trying to get on a speaking circuit or something, but I don't know what her deal was. But she was the reason this whole thing started the second time. 
Rashad McCants, he's just kind of vengeful. You know, he likes to come around every now and then and, you know, take a shot at Coach Williams, take a shot at the school, whatever it is. Just I feel like his feelings are hurt, and that's just how he wants to how he mm-hmm. wants to feel better. Right. You know, Greg Sankey, he's um, he's probably UNC's public enemy number one, maybe next to Dan Kane, um, who writes for the paper over in Raleigh, who has really led the charge of the media against this. So. You know, he's he's not giving in. He'll reword the same two or three articles and release them every couple of weeks just to keep it in the news. Right. Now, Greg Sankey, he – and keep in mind, this is the same guy that oversaw the Miami investigation that was botched and all that good stuff. So his track record isn't all that great. He overreached. So he's the, com- he's the committee chair on uh, infractions. So – once, once they had sent the amended notice of allegations, his job was done. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the Committee on Enforcement, which he has no power over. Mm-hmm. Now, when we sent our response, he didn't like it, and he said, no, hold on. Takes it back, says, we're going to redo this. Tells the, notice, or tells the Committee on Infractions that, hey, these need to be back in here in the next notice of allegations, and we're going to redo this thing. So he's just overreaching. Mm-hmm. Changes the rules as he goes, you know, that kind of thing. And really, you know, North Carolina's defense, you know, again, with the, hey, not against the rules, has always been, you know, we're going to follow the rules as they're written. Mm-hmm. You wrote them, we're going to follow them. But we're going to expect you to do the same thing. Or you wrote them, you need to follow them. Right. So the fact that these are changing, you know, the procedural hearing, that was unprecedented. The third notice of allegations is unprecedented. So they're not following their own rules, which is generally the not-so-public version of how this entire thing has gone. Right, yeah. They, Sankey, I, I kind of have mixed feelings of. I thought it was kind of foul that he could choose not to remove himself from... from it, it, it just seemed odd to me that, you know, if we're going to... If we're gonna put it out there that Greg Sankey has a conflict of interest that he's the one that gets to decide if he himself has a conflict of interest. Obviously, what did I mean, what did you expect him to say? Yeah, they put, and honestly, that was the brilliance of the UNC legal team. Now, you know, I don't know anybody on it, but, you know, I'm not, I like to know the law, that kind of thing, and watch a lot of stuff on that. So when they, essentially, they gave him a reason to, be done with this whole thing and he didn't take it so honestly i think that in itself was a play to say okay if we don't like where you're going with this we're going to take it to court so this is public you have a conflict of interest you need to recuse yourself you're not going to do it right exactly i i want i wonder if that's ever going to come back up but um we'll we'll just have to see on that one one thing i was reading and i thought it was interesting because I was wondering, like, why is it between, like you said, the procedural hearing was unheard of, the third notice of allegations was, like, you don't you don't really see stuff go this far and go and be drawn out this long. So my thing was like, well, why are we pushing this so hard? And I I was reading a, and I was doing some reading on it. What's interesting is, what's uh, one person's point of view was is that the NCAA kind of has to make this stick because if you if UNC gets off 
then in their minds they're admitting that they're athletes it's okay for athletes to take really easy classes therefore their value the value of their education doesn't really mean a whole lot now the the problem with that is it goes back to the whole student athlete premise and them having to pay their athletes because if we're if we're not making education important then these guys really are athletes first and therefore you have to pay them i just thought that was an interesting perspective it absolutely is i mean i mean think of it this way you know essentially the definition of an employee could be somebody who makes money for an organization these athletes make billions of dollars for the ncaa their school is a member of the ncaa so they're they could be seen as employees and they're not getting paid no. uh, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic but makes yeah, you right. think it does. It does. And like the the whole thing is allowed to stick. Basically, really the only reason in 2017 while it's still able to stick is, you know, based on that that whole student athlete athlete premise, but if there's no value in the education, then the then the whole student then the whole student thing kind of doesn't hold water, and I think that that would explain a lot as to why they're really trying to why they're really trying to make this happen. But again, I think it's a lose-lose because if the NCAA really wants to push this, then you have to start going after everybody that's done, that's offering. To me, in my opinion, you have to go after everybody that's offering academic credit for little to no work. Oh, absolutely. And there's no way that they were ever going to do that. Now, that's a great point. And another one I was thinking of was... Take a look at it from the aspect of this is a school, so a member institution is telling you that we're smarter than you. You know, you're not following by your own rules. So what what is the point of any of us being here if you can't be, I guess, impartial? So you know, if this say goes to court and they lose, just like they did with Penn State, what do the membership institutions have by what do they gain by staying in the NCAA? This could be, I mean, you could be on the edge of the crumbling of the ACC. Now, that's a kind of a doomsday way to look at it, but, I mean, it's realistic. It is. I mean, this, this, I think this, this whole, uh, this whole investigation and the results of it, as far as what happens in August, which hopefully it comes to an end in August, regardless of what happens. Um, but I think the ruling on this, is really going to I think everybody in the college basketball world is going to be watching oh without a doubt I mean I hope that it's over by August I don't see that the next time the uh, committee on enforcement meets is not until I believe it's August or September and then that's when you know we'll have our hearing they'll hand down the punishment and then we respond to it so you're looking probably mid next year and that's before this either does or doesn't go to court. Right. And I mean, even if, if the NCAA were to hand down, uh, if they NCAA were to hand down like a fat, uh, what is it? Um, lack of institutional control. Yeah. One of those, one of those things, they turn around and appeal and I could see this going as far as going to the Supreme court. Oh, without a doubt. It could be another deflate gate. Now I'm glad you brought up the lack of institutional control. Cause it brings me back to, the second page of our response is pretty much summarizes 
what we think and what we agree to with the notice of allegations. Now, number one was obviously, hey, this is an academic issue, so there's no NCAA violation. Well, now number allegation five of five, so there's only five, the last one says there is a lack of institutional control due to X, Y, and Z that are located in in allegation one. So UNC's response is, since allegation one is not an NCAA issue, there is no lack of institutional control based on your bylaws. So this really, I mean, if the NCAA goes back to what they were going to punish us on in the second notice of allegations, if they just go back and using that, there's not going to be much of a punishment. You know, may lose a scholarship. Women's basketball probably get hit because of their issues. Mm-hmm. But basketball, football, the major sports, they were never named. So if they right. hand down a punishment based on those allegations, it's not going to be much. We'll probably take it. But if they kind of go, or if they want to go wild bill of shooting at the hip and try to hammer us like a lot of people think they will, mm-hmm. I can see it going to court. And it will be a long time before this is over. Very much so, which which is which is kind of a good and a bad thing. Because, I mean, from a, from a recruiting perspective and a peace of mind perspective of the program, you want it to be over. But at the same time, if if you can get if you can completely get it thrown out, I think you should go for it. Oh, absolutely. And you got to think, I mean, we're going on seven years, you know, getting ready to be eight years on this thing. Mm-hmm. The kids that are coming into school now, we're in middle school mm-hmm. when this stuff, when this started. Right. So they've heard about it. You know, a lot of stuff you read and you hear from the recruiting trails, you know, it's not much of an issue anymore. Now, there are some schools that still hammer on it, you know, whatever. But I mean, the kids are tired of hearing about it. You know, I mean, there are some kids that, yes, it's still going to be front and center, but, you know, they're the exception, not the rule these days. So one sanction has already been, you know, you're killing us on the recruiting trail, but I think it's kind of just died off. Yeah, it, it does seem like it does seem like it's not affecting the program as much, but it's definitely it's definitely there. You can tell it's it's definitely just something that's there, but the the ultimate thing and this i actually this was like over a year ago i think i was doing my research on this but uh, the 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 re- the thing that really stuck with me is the Rashonda McCants lawsuit where she went back sued both the NCAA and UNC for for basically feeling like she basically felt like she got cheated out of an education while uh-huh. she was there and the NCAA's legal defense in a nutshell, in layman's terms, was that they're not responsible for overseeing what goes on academically. 100%. Look where we are. And, you know, that's another thing that Deborah Crowder's attorney, when he was there for her interview that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, he has mentioned publicly that, you know, the, the anybody who's graduated with an African-American studies degree should get together and sue the NCA for defamation of their degree. Hmm. Who's to stop them? Rashana McCants did it to North Carolina. Hmm. And, you know, like you said, the NCAA said, whoa, sorry, not our deal. We don't handle academics. So now that you're killing us on it, why, why can't we turn around and sue you? Because it's not your jurisdiction. You already said that. Right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. I think I think there's just – there's. Long story short, there's been just a lot of hypocrisy going on with this, 
with the the other thing I'm kind of confused about is the whole the whole paper class the whole paper class concept you know writing a writing not really having to meet too often doing independent study learning to write a research paper like you were saying is again I, I feel like it's only wrong because we're bringing athletes and like helping them stay eligible into it but overall the concept of the course doesn't sound like a bad thing not at all I completely agree I mean you know a lot of people say what's a better way to learn something than to go and do it mm-hmm. you know you got to do it do it time and time again to learn how to do it perfectly well you know they're learning how to do research papers exactly now I know they got now I know the um they got hit with the accredit they they took the probation from the accreditation agency which is so I mean, if they say it's a so that they they say it's a lack of in, academic integrity or whatever uh, terminology they d- decided to use, then I guess you just gotta you just gotta take it. But like I said, this is to me that should be that should have been the end of it. They've gotten getting getting probation getting academic probation from an accreditation agency is like a step below being shut down. Yeah, it's serious, and I mean, and for North Carolina, that's something, you know, the the educa- world class education that North Carolina, you know, preaches about and, and everyone loves and knows about. That took a huge hit because you're absolutely right to be on probation from that. You know, that's that's tough. I mean, that's almost the death penalty on the athletic side. It is. And speaking of death penalty, what's and and I. I definitely I spoke about it on one of my other episodes, but I think it's completely asinine for guys like Wallace Lowe at Maryland to to say that UNC deserves the death penalty for this when Penn State didn't get the death penalty. No, no, and you know, and Roy Coach Williams kind of hit him with what is he a double idiot for that? Was that what that was? Yeah, you something know. like that. Yeah, yeah. So you know. Other presidents at universities, they shouldn't be speaking on it. You know, the commissioner of the NCA should not be speaking on it. Greg, Shank, Greg Sankey should not be speaking on it, but they all have. And it just leads the narrative of, against, you know, North Carolina. It does. And, I mean, and that's unfortunately, and, and we're, we're seeing this now more than ever, but we, you, we really have to consider the role that the media plays in just about anything. The media has, and me being a communicate, a broadcast and journalism major, I kind of understand it. If you put something out there enough, it, whether it be whatever news outlet it is, whether it be social media, whether it be the newspaper, whether it be a, a journal, whatever it is, if you put something out there enough, regardless of whether or not it's true or it has merit, people are going to believe it. People are going to eat it up, and that's we've been seeing it, you know, over all realms of news and. Oh, and the you know twenty four hour news cycle, you know it's a big game, and you know whoever pays the most money, whoever has the most savvy people, or whoever just has the the will to keep putting it out there, like you said, they're going to control the narrative, and that narrative is going to become fact. Unfortunately, it, right? Because I mean, we all know the court of public opinion delivers verdicts every day on 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 things that. For the most part, they know nothing about or don't have all the facts about, and it's up to the media to report all of the facts. And I'm not saying that that hasn't happened, but you can definitely 
you can definitely tell that the that the media overall has played a role in the in the in the constant probing and the need to really kind of further look into this and whether they and I, I don't know if, if, if they're necessarily wrong or, or right for it, but I'm just saying they've, they've definitely played a role. Absolutely. Now, now let me ask you a question. So, you know, you, you've followed this somewhat. You've dove, you've dove in here recently. You know, in your opinion, what do you think the punishment could be for UNC? Could be? As far as yeah. what they could do, I think the... I don't think I really, really do not think the lack of institutional control one is going to stick. Um, I ultimately, I think the, I think they'll be forced to go back to the um, go back to the programs that they mentioned in the second NOA when they removed men's football and basketball, but they went after women's basketball and I believe it was men's soccer, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. It was a soccer team, maybe a golf team or something like that. One of the Olympic sports. Just because it seems very odd. It seems very odd. I don't know how you go from basketball, football, didn't do anything wrong. Or you go from basketball, football, in the first NOA are guilty to second notice of allegations a year later. No, I think I think are good. They're not. They know we see no wrongdoing with them and then come back months later with no new information and now say oh yeah by the way we're gonna they're back they're back in there yeah absolutely so what, what do you think they hit they hit north carolina with scholarships you know do they what what punishment do you do you think they have to serve i think because keep it remember they've already given up scholarships and they've already gone to postseason ban and they've also been put on probation I think I think they'll I think they would have to I think they have to get hit with probably probably some fines probably some fines and a loss of and a loss of scholarships I think would be would be reasonable I think somewhere in that somewhere in that neighborhood I don't know if a, a postseason ban would be uh, if they'd be able to hit them with anything like that I definitely don't think any. I don't think I definitely don't think any championships are going to be taken or found or voided. I don't think any I don't think any wins are going to be vacated. Uh-huh. So I would say fines and loss of scholarships. And that's you know, and honestly, I can see that. That's what I depending on what day you ask me which way the wind's blowing, I think it could be that. And on the other side, you know, they could hit us with scholarship reductions, vacated championships and wins. They could hit us, you know, who knows? Some people are saying they're going to hit us with the death penalty in the media. So Mm -hmm. that just shows you that there's, I mean, nobody has a clue what's going to happen. And it's, it's crazy. It is. It is. I mean, I think there are people on the inside. I think the only people that do really know are the people on the inside. And while it's an ongoing investigation, obviously you can't talk about it, but so much. Right, right. But, you know, you see them coming out and talking about it in the weekend of the Final Four. It was a whole big, big deal about it that took part of the Final Four coverage away. You know, some people thought it was a, a play by the NCAA. I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think so. But it just shows that, you know, their precedence is out the window with on that side. So they really could hit you with anything, anything from nothing to killing your, your athletic department. 
Oh, I mean, Kentucky fans had whole chat rooms going about what was going to happen to UNC after after the Elite Eight. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Yeah, literally everywhere. It was it was ridiculous. Literally everywhere. Anything you saw anywhere on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere on the internet that had a comment section that's saying anything nice about UNC, full of Kentucky fans. Oh, I believe that. Well, and, you know, there's, you know, a group of of fans on a message board, you know, in the triangle that literally has thread after thread of message board material that has more pages than, you know, even stuff going on with their own school talking about what's going to happen to UNC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. It's, it went from, it seems like every, it seems like every few months there's, there's new information coming out or, or another, another wrinkle and then everything with the way that the NCAA likes to do, do their investigations, it just gets drawn out. You know, one little bit of, one little bit of new information means we gotta go three more months before we figure out what the next step is. Yeah, and after that three months we're gonna talk about, how we're going to move forward. We're not going to actually move forward. We're going to talk about it first. And just keep it going and keep it going. But um, like I said, to pretty much pretty much wrap this up, because uh, that's pretty much everything I had, um, I, I ultimately think the – ultimately, I just think there's a lot of – there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of things that just seem fishy and – I think come August, someone's getting exposed. Whether it be UNC or the NCAA, that remains to be seen. But someone is going to get exposed here in the next few months. And at this point, you know, I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm just ready for it to be other, over. Either we were right and you were wrong, or you're just going to have it your way and it's going to be done. Well, we'll have to see. Um, I mean, like I said, is there, was there anything else that you had? That's it, man. It was a pleasure being on the show with you. I listened to it. It's uh, it's been an honor. Definitely, man. We'll definitely have to do more of this. We'll probably have to revisit this again in August for sure. Oh, I'm sure. If you need me for anything else before that, call me back, man. But if not, I'm sure I'll be back then. Sounds good, brother. Well, appreciate you having, appreciate you coming on again, and we'll definitely talk again soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks. No problem. Take it easy. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, that pretty much concludes that section. Like I said, we'll, I really, really, really wanted to talk about this subject and really just get, get my thoughts out there on that. And, uh, again, it was a pleasure having Ben on to really provide his input as well. Uh, definitely, if you have not been following this and you just need a story, I understand we're getting into the part of the sports part of the year in sports where there's just not a whole lot going on. I mean, you see, you watch ESPN and Fox Sports, you know, they talk about the same stuff pretty much every day. So if you need a story to follow, this is definitely one to keep tabs on, like I was saying before. What happens in this case might shape the entire NCAA landscape. We have allegations about... I mean, I've seen stuff, I've seen all kinds of stuff thrown out as far as, like I was saying before, this, whether or not the NCAA has to pay athletes is a possible, is a possible motive involved here. 
um, how exactly how fraudulent UNC's classes were, whether or not the NCAA even has jurisdiction to to bring down sanctions on these kind of things. You know, is this going to open the floodgates for other schools to just allow allow easy coursework to keep their athletes eligible? And if so, how does that how does that change things? I even saw. I've even seen people go as far as to say, and and let me be very clear, me repeating this is not my thoughts, but I have seen people go as far as to say the NCAA is, it's it's almost to an extent a race issue because it's an African-American studies course involved. Again, those are not my views. That's not what I think, but that's just what I've seen thrown out there. There's a lot of stuff going on. So this is definitely something to pay attention to, and uh, we will see. Before I wrap this up, we are going to I have to hand out my L of the Week to none other than Mr. Tiger Woods. I hate to do it, but... I mean, are we really surprised? Who else had a worse week in the sports world than Tiger Woods? I mean, this is this is pretty bad. I was looking at it the other day, and man, I mean, it, I hate to see it, man. You ever just you ever just see somebody that just Tiger Woods was like a god, you know? I mean, like in in the golf world, I mean, he was the first breaking records signing million dollar multi-million dollar contracts i mean guy was a prodigy and uh there's gonna be a 30 for 30 on this dude if you guys watch espn 30 for 30 they love doing films on guys that rise up really really quickly and then just tragically fall down and it's a it's a damn shame i really i'm not even trying to make jokes but it's it's an l because you're Tiger Woods, man. You got millions of dollars. Pay and buy an Uber. Pay somebody to drive you around. There, I hate seeing celebrities with DUIs because there's literally no reason to drive when you don't. You don't have nobody that could drive you around. No cab. No guy to just pay to drive your car, or a, or a friend or someone near you to be your DD. You don't have any of that, and you got millions of dollars. Come on, man. I, oh, man. I, I really, really thought in the very, and Tiger's been off for a long time, but I really thought in like the, the back corners of my mind that Tiger might come, make a comeback and win, a, win another major someday. But it just appears that that ship has sailed. So, uh, Tiger, DUIs are a B. So, enjoy. Uh, hope that hope that works out for you. Uh, stop drinking so much and hold this L in the meantime. I want to appreciate all you guys for tuning in this week. That's pretty much all we got. Let me know your thoughts on the UNC scandal. I am going to definitely try to keep everybody informed as new developments come along. And until next week, this has been the Mind of Mike J podcast signing off. <laughs>